Do you want to bring balance to all the wireless radiation fields in your life, including 5G? The Omnia Radiation Balancer is a small sticker you can stick on any device. It changes the state of the field and creates a new resonance between the wireless radiation and your energy field. On the link below you'll see all our testing results that show how the body responds excellently once you've made this change in your life. And here's a special offer for the Journey to Truth crowd. Just enter the word TRUTH in caps at the checkout for your 10% discount. It's easy to bring balance back to your body with the Omnia Radiation Balancer. This is totally unreal that this happened like in 1942 on this planet. guys welcome back a few things before we get started as usual uh today is actually the last day to purchase in-person tickets for the conference uh i should say it's the last day to purchase four-day tickets with uh with the meal plan the day passes are going to be available throughout the event so you can just show up and take advantage of that but if you plan on purchasing the four-day pass with the meal plan that must be purchased by midnight tonight um, live stream tickets are going to be available throughout the conference and afterwards. So if you want to purchase the replay, you're more than welcome to do that. It's going to be a fantastic experience. We can't wait. Uh, we can't wait for it. It's, it's literally right around the corner next week. And, uh, we're super excited to see all of you guys. So if you feel compelled at all, grab a live stream ticket or grab a day pass, uh, come and hang out with us. Uh, we're really looking forward to it. Uh, Hopewell Farm CBD. If you guys are looking for a new CBD to try, that's a fantastic CBD oil. I highly recommend it. They are going to be a vendor at our conference, and they do have a 420 sale going right now, 20% off all their merchandise with promo code JTT420, and that code will be active at the conference. So if you are there, you get to take advantage of that 20% off discount as well. We also just teamed up with our friend Mason Fury, who makes these fabulous orgone pyramids. His business is called Mor Morgan's Merlin's Lab. And uh, Morgan's Lab. And Morgan's Lab. Merlin's Lab. These things are absolutely incredible, as you can tell. Um, uh, high quality copper, uh, some amazing crystals. This one has Lumerian quartz. The capstones are totally unique uh, to his pyramids, including the legs. And some of them he sells are even lighted and that he has uh, different pyramids for different purposes. You can get 20% off of these pyramids by clicking the link below in the description and using the promo code solstice. And I, I believe that website is just merlinslab.com, but all the links are in the description. Um, tonight, we are joined by Constance Victoria Briggs. Uh, so I'm really excited to get into this. So she's the author of, actually, let me pull that up um, so I don't get it wrong. 
author of the Encyclopedia of Angels, the Encyclopedia of God, the Encyclopedia of the Unseen World, and the Encyclopedia of Moon Mysteries, which we're going to be diving into tonight because we know there's no shortage of conspiracy theories surrounding the moon. And uh, it's an endless topic, as you'll probably find out once we start talking. I'm really excited to get into that. She's also been on a number of radio shows, including Coast to Coast AM with George Norrie. So welcome to the show, Constance. We're glad to have you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's nice to be here. Yes, it's, yeah, it's great to have you. Yes, great to have you. Um, yeah, so let's talk about the moon. Uh, well, first, I, I'll, I'll give you the opportunity to uh, introduce yourself a little bit for the people who don't know you. And um, I also want to know uh, why you decided to write a, a book surrounding the moon mysteries. Right. So, so basically, I, uh, I have uh, spent most of my life on what I call a, a kind of uh, spiritual journey and, and a search, um, like, you know, so many people as to, you know, why we're here, where we came from. And long story short, I, I, uh, I started delving into, uh, I didn't find any answers in religion. So I started delving into other areas and I, I became uh, what I call a metaphysical person. And along the way, I discovered um, that I had guides that were, you know, assisting me in um, obtaining mysterious information and kind of answering my questions along the way. So I went through this journey, basically, of going from religion to the angels and, and the unseen world and learning all about that, and to understanding along the way that we are not alone in the universe. I feel like I've been guided for so long, you know, for, for 30 years. And um, finally, I've come to this uh, place in my life where I have all this information, including that we are belong to a galactic community. Um, excuse me, when I first started uh, my research into um, whether or not humans are from created by extraterrestrials, which is another book or where we came from, I was getting, you know, a lot of these, these interesting stories about the cosmos. Some of the most interesting ones were coming from the moon. Now, when I went into all of this, I had no idea that there was something uh, different about our moon. Um, but as I, as I uh, collected these stories and did the research, it became quite a very a serious subject, you know, in it all. Um, I started, uh, I was most interested uh, in a book that came out in the 70s by a ufologist named uh, Don Wilson. I don't know if you gentlemen are familiar with his work, but mm -hmm. he did a couple of very important, what I consider important books on the moon. And he really introduced me and opened me up to a lot of the, the, the weird stuff. Um, he talked, oh, I, I'm not going to, to uh, dwell on, uh, Apollo astronauts right now, but he, that's where he started. He started with the astronauts and things they had seen up there. So that's where I began. I began with uh, thinking, you know, the the, uh, the cosmos is, you know, full of extraterrestrials and to learning that this subject matter is touched, you know, is, is, is uh, connected to our moon. The moon, I believe, is not what we've been taught. In fact, the, the universe is not what we've been taught. Right. Yeah, exactly. 
most people think that the moon is uh, this dead rock in the sky with nothing going on. And in the beginning, I was shocked to learn that there's quite a lot going on up there. Oh, yeah. uh, so that's where that's where, you know, I'm, I started. Yeah, well, that's nice. Right. And that's that's me, too. You know, I think growing up, we all think we're all taught that the moon is just this dead rock. So when part of everyone's awakening, at some point you discover like, wow, there's a lot more going on on the moon, on this planet, in our unit, in our solar system underground like everywhere uh so mm -hmm. it, th those revelations are always exciting to me so um you know we talk about this subject uh, frequently but we never really dive deep into it so i was i'm curious to know what revelations you made as far as um discovering what the moon actually is and what's actually going on there right so i started um trying to inform people by writing this book, the Encyclopedia of Moon Mysteries, because when I talk to people about the moon, their their eyes kind of glaze over, and they either don't take it seriously or they, or they don't care or whatever. Mm -hmm. But um, there's some people who said I've never heard this information before, so I put it in the form of a book that is easy to read. Um, but I have to start this uh, the story with the um, the origin of the moon. All right, for people who have not heard about this. Uh, we really don't know where the moon came from. We don't know really what the moon is. Uh, people believe that they've been giving information that they were taught in school, but it's not accurate, mm -hmm. all right? They have come up with about five different scenarios now of how the moon uh, came to be, how it was created, and all of those scenarios were discounted. Um, the one that is the most, uh, uh, the two that were the most prevalent are the uh, capture theory, um, and the uh, that was dismissed. And then there is the uh, giant impact theory, which is the one that I hear kids talking about now. Oh, the moon was created when a planet bu bumped into Earth, and blah 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 blah. Mm -hmm. But if you know the, the the story is that you know a planet the size of Mars smacked into Earth, and when it did. Uh, the material from uh, the Earth, you know, spewed out into space, and eventually the moon was formed. That's the story. That's what I've heard in the news. That's what I've heard from students. And when you go on NASA's website, you uh, they say, well, maybe that it did. <laughs> right. It, it's very interesting. And they have they they don't commit to it. Nowhere have is there a commitment after all of this time, effort, and money spent on moon research and sending uh, people to the moon, they still don't know where it originated. The scientists are stumped. Um, so I want to share with you gentlemen, I, I, I'm gonna read a little bit just slightly here because I have my two favorite quotes that I like to share. Um, one of them came in from the American author, Isaac Asimov, and he stated, what in blazes is our moon doing way out there? It's too far out to be a true satellite of Earth. It's too big to have been captured by the Earth. The chances of such a capture having been affected and the moon then having taken up a nearly circular orbit about the Earth are too small to make such an eventuality credible. But then if the moon is neither a true satellite of the Earth nor a captured one, what is it? So, so uh, we, we send people to the moon 
And uh, we thought we'd get information, but we didn't. And planetary scientist William Hartman states in his book, Origin of the Moon, neither the Apollo astronauts, the lunar vehicle, nor all the king's horses and all the king's men could assemble, en enough, could assemble enough data to explain the circumstances of the moon's birth. So basically, guys, we don't know. We're still trying to figure it out. Right. Well, and, some people know. Well, the, the, exactly. yeah, some of the higher ups probably know. They exactly. absolutely know. Yeah. But not telling us. You know, we have to we we have to remind people that there was a time where there's writings in ancient cultures of there a time with no moon. Yes. So at some point that means it was brought here, and then there's the whole theory. Um, I think Alex Collier, you know, and other people talk about that it was it's a ship that was it was either towed here or moved here under under its own power, and it was parked and, and placed in such a way. So it mm -hmm. it does something that no other planetary body in the solar system does, and that stays stationary, facing face one side facing facing Earth at all times. Uh, go ahead. No, no. Well, okay. Thank you. Yeah. So I just want to say when I have mentioned these things that you talked about uh, just a second ago to people, they just look at me, you know, and they're like, oh, you're making that up. Of course, the moon has always been in the sky. And so I direct them, uh, which I do have in the Moon Mysteries book, I direct them to the philosophers that talk about a time before there was a moon. Um, and people are trying to dismiss it, but you can't uh, take um, what the philosopher said over here and say, we accept it. And what they said over here and say, no, 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 we're going to put that aside. They basically said uh, that there was a time where Venus was the only uh, uh, pl uh, planetary object that shined in, in the sky. And they talked about a group of people. They were, they were even able to date it back to the Arcadians who were a Greek race of people that lived um, kind of wild. They were, you know, living in the wilderness. And, and one of the philosophers um, explained, you know, how they lived, that they were wild people. You know, they were uncultured, but they were there before the moon. What's interesting um, also is there is a, a sun, we call it the sun gate of Bolivia. I, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but this, well, no, I, I'm actually not. No. Are you, Aaron? Yeah, yeah. No. Enlighten us. So this is an artifact uh, found in Bolivia. Um, uh, it is a ruins that looked like it was a place that was uh, a planetarium of some sort, um, uh, and, a, and a school perhaps for uh, astronomy. Part of the ruins have writings and symbols from the people uh, during that time where they wrote about a time without a moon and how and when that moon came in. And they said that there was disasters on the earth with this, with this thing coming in. And uh, they dated it at about 12,000 years ago that the moon came in, which is side note, Atlantis was uh, destroyed around that same time mm -hmm. in same you time. Know, some, some cataclysm. So you know there is some question as to if this whole thing was related even to Atlantis. But you know I don't believe that they would, the, the ancients pulled hoax or lied in their symbols and writings. So I, I, you know, I believe there is something to that idea of this being brought in. Now, if you go back to, uh, 
uh, to the 1970s uh, after the uh, first Apollo 11 went up, um, there were two Russian scientists who uh, looked at the evidence uh, that NASA had put together about the moon. And they said, you know, there's something really weird here. This just doesn't add up. And they, they wrote a paper. They were two Russian scientists that worked for the government. And they put their um, reputations on the line with this. And they wrote a paper talking about uh, what they looked at. And they said that, first of all, um, the uh, moon is hollow, which they learned from, from uh, you know, from us. And uh, that's another story, but just briefly said, you know, we all know, heard the story that the moon rang like a bell right. when and they crashed, you know, their synth stage. And they uh, were able to recreate that. So they, they were actually able to recreate that ring multiple times. So it wasn't just a, a, a you know, a one-off thing. Right. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a one-off thing. And there was a press, people say, oh, you made, people made this up. No, there was a press conference way back then, uh, right after that. And the, uh, the, the officials were saying, you know, we rather not, rather not comment on, on what happened, but it just seemed like, you know, it's hollow in there and we don't see how it, how it could be hollow. You know, it, it can't be natural if it's, you know, if it's hollow. They didn't want to comment on it a lot, but the scientists did say that. So um, these, these uh, the Russian scientists came forward and they wrote a paper. It was published in Sputnik magazine. And what they said, um, out after looking at the uh, crater size on the moon, whenever a meteor hits the moon, uh, no matter how heavy, it seems that all the craters are si same size. Same to, depth. To, right, same, sorry, mm -hmm. same depth. Yeah, and uh, they said that the moon was made up of these elements that are, you know, we, do, we just don't find here. And if we do find at least one of them, it's in very uh, small amounts. And it looks to them that if you put these elements together, I believe it was titanium, taconium, and or chrononium, pardon me if I am butchering <laughs> the names of the elements. I've gotten criticized for, uh, from audiences before about that. But anyway, <laughs> but they said, if you are going to uh, build a fortification um, uh, on something to make it be able to stand the time and radiation of being in the, you know, traveling across the universe, they would choose these materials. So these scientists said that and a, a few other things, but they concluded that the moon is not natural, that it was created outside of the universe and uh, sent, sent here. Now, whether or not the moon was sent here as a means of helping the earth to thrive, that's a theory, or whether or not um, there was a, it was a generation ship perhaps, you know, with um, extraterrestrials on it, maybe fleeing a super, a sun gone Nova, who knows? But they believe that it was sent here on purpose. Anyway, I would like to share a quote with you because uh, from these guys, because it was very interesting. They said, the scientists said, it is more likely that what we have here is a very ancient spaceship the interior of which was filled with fuel for the engines, materials and appliances for, for repair work, navigation instruments, observation equipment, and all manner of machinery. In other words, everything necessary to enable it to serve as a Noah's Ark of intelligence, perhaps even as a home of a whole civilization 
with the idea of a prolonged, perhaps thousands of millions of years existence and long wanderings through space. Right. Yep. I think, um, well, hmm? go ahead. I don't want to well, interrupt you. No, you're, you're on a roll. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Hold your thought because this is connected to, to okay. what they said. So there is a story um, from out of, uh, out of Africa by the Zulu people. Um, they believe that the moon was uh, sent across the universe and placed here as well. So their ancient story tells of uh, two extraterrestrial brothers. I'm going to call them extraterrestrials. They said they look like reptiles. And um, that these, these brothers had created this egg. They called the moon an egg, hollowed it out, and sent it across the universe to Earth. Now, that so closely matches the uh, theory of these scientists that it just kind of blew me away. Right. Yeah. It, it, I think that that is likely the case. I, I, I would I would agree with that. Uh, so, man, there's so much. So we have and you said there's multiple uh, insiders and whistleblowers that have come forward saying that exact thing. The moon is it's not a natural object. It's a ship. It was parked here a long time ago. William Tompkins says this. Well, William Tompkins says, first of all, it's no moon. Second of all, it's not ours. Or, it's not or, our moon. Yeah, yeah, it's not our moon. It's not a moon and it's and, not our moon. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and, and that's interesting. Uh, also, I think it was Alex Collier who said that he was told by the Andromedans or whoever that um, somehow he was able to confirm but what they told him was that there was a metal shell underneath the Earth's crust, which would make sense with some of the elements that you were talking about that, that they were picking up because it would have to be something like that if it was an actual ship. You would think that it's not completely organic. Um, and, you know, we have John Lear uh, who talked about, uh, mm -hmm. he said, well, he claimed that the backside of the moon uh, had cities on it. And it was, if you were to fly back there, it would look like Manhattan. And uh, we've had other whistleblowers that claimed, no, that's not true. There's only a few bases back there. Um, regardless, we can agree that there are bases on the backside of the moon. And then we've had other whistleblowers claim that there's ancient remains of like an uh, uh, ancient space battle <laughs> or something. There's remains up there um, of uh, past civilizations. Mm -hmm. NASA's own data reveals that. Right. NASA's own, like, and they scrub out a ton, but even what people have been able to find there, you clearly see ancient ruins and obelisks and all kinds of stuff right so, so yeah. they have uh there are craters up there that look like they were you know uh, created not from and from a nuclear uh explosion not you know your typical kind of uh meteor uh craters they've got all of the i'm not a scientist but all of the elements of craters that have that we you know want there's one on earth that looks very similar to the one on the moon and it was created you know, from a, from a war. So they have found those up there. You know, I spent uh, the time with the second book trying to, to connect these dots and um, whether or not, oh, whether or not we have an extraterrestrial connection to the moon and that perhaps whoever was or is on the moon, um, were they connected to us because they brought that ship here for whatever reason, and some of them came here? Who knows? Uh, but as far as connecting it to the war, we have uh, places on Earth um, in South America where there have been cities 
found that were uh, looked as though they were in a nuclear war that had nothing to do with our time frame. We they can't place it. They don't understand it. It was before you know the the uh, atomic bomb here, but there are these cities there, and they sort of reflect what has been described on the moon. And so there are some that speculate that perhaps we have a galactic connection and maybe there was this war between not only Earth and the moon, but also Mars because they're saying the same thing about Mars. Um, but, the, you know, so there may be that, that connection to us. We may, and this could have happened before our human history because there is talk that human history started more than one time that, you know, we existed that there were cat as cataclysm. We existed, we started again, another cataclysm. We don't really know what happened way out there. And the scientists are scratching their heads when they find atomic uh, towns that look like they were you know, in an atomic war. Fortunately for us, we do have a few writings that have been you know, handed down where uh, there were, were talk, um, we call them myths, you know, uh, the, you know mythology. Right. Um, and that's just an easy way of saying, oh, it's not real, but they don't really know they weren't there. And the mythology ties in mm -hmm. with some of the artifacts being found in the world now. But um, so do we have a galactic connection? Uh, in, was there a, a war of the worlds long ago and we just don't have a memory of it? Or the writings, maybe the history was in the library of Alexander, Alexandria, for example that uh, famous library that, that burned down in, in Roman times and during Julius Caesar's time, I believe it was, had a lot of information and it may have had extraterrestrial, you know, uh, you know books in there about our connection with them. So I, I do talk about that, you know, if can't do it all here, but in more detail in the new book, but yeah, I do wonder. Um, and also, so whoever may be on the moon, um, may be the result of the beings who came here initially. We don't know who and what they are or why they came, but you know, was this a generational ship where people, you know, were in there for a long time, lived and died before reaching Earth, and they're there? Are they inside of the moon? Are they on the moon? If uh, you know, on the surface, uh, we don't know. Mm, yeah. Yeah, and we've heard, uh, I think, we've heard that uh, Corey Good even said that the moon is inhabited but with uh, tons of people. I, I forget what number, thousands, if not million, mm -hmm. millions of people uh, they, who live out their entire lives there. They're born there, and the inside of the moon is an entire uh, habitable uh, zone, basically. Mm -hmm. And he even claims to have been brought to, moon, to the moon in the secret space program and have, was given a, a tour of some of the lava tubes. And he was surprised to see people in coats wearing with NASA on their uh, lab coats. But he figured out that this was like uh, this was a covert side of NASA. This was a, a, a compartmentalized aspect of NASA that the main the public doesn't know about. So even though NASA is a face and a front for a lot of what's actually going on in space, they do have a compartment that is in the know, I believe that uh, we just don't know about. And, you know, there's so many things that are going on inside the moon. All of these whistleblowers who claim to be in a secret space program claim to have been taken to the moon first before they were stationed elsewhere. So it seems like it could also be a jump, 
a jump room or a jump point for um, they go to the moon first and then uh, you go wherever you, you need to go. Whatever happens up there, who knows? We've heard prison planet. We've heard cloning. Um, we, we know uh, we've heard that there's the Lunar Operations Command, which is three separate bases. One of them was in the shape of a swastika, which isn't that far out of the realm of possibility, considering that there is a Navy uh, base in San Diego that is in the shape of a swastika as well. And if it's the same group of people who are um, running this space program, it, it's not a it's not a surprise that there might be a structure in that shape up there. There's a lot going on. Reptilians are, use it, you know. Well, yeah, that's the question. You know, I've been trying to do this, um, the tracing back, but are we up? Are there uh, humans there? with you know ets who are the ets or is it just the reptilian and grace or were they ets there before they came in mm -hmm. or were there ets there that left maybe after the galactic war and they came in we don't know if we're looking at the original beings or not um and are they all working together you know or, or are there certain areas of it now uh, certain areas where, you know, they're separated or, you know, where some are working together or there's the, the inhabitants that were there originally. Um, people have said, oh, you know, Constance, they've gone up, they've seen the moon. We've done that. They didn't find anything. And I'm like, no, we've only looked at one less than one percent of the moon has been uh, looked at by us. Um, you know, and we live, you know, here in the U.S., we know how the 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 U.S. can sit on the front of the moon, the back of the moon, the side, there's a lot of space. We've traveled to different cities, but none of us have seen the whole United States. There could be who knows what going on there that we just haven't touched yet. Mm -hmm. And as far as the uh, Apollo mission, you know, they selected certain areas, certain parts they didn't want to land in, certain parts they probably knew they couldn't land in because they weren't welcome, perhaps. And then, you know, they, they just don't, they haven't seen it all. Also, as one host told me, you know, if there are extraterrestrials up there working and living, they can just turn the lights off when we want to go up, you know, we wouldn't find them. Right. Yep. Well, and well, that's another thing that the so if a city or a base is in a crater, um, we've heard other whistleblowers claim that they're they're cloaked, that you cloaked. you you think you're flying into an empty crater until you get through this uh field, this like force field. Uh, and then they fly through it. And then all of a sudden these buildings, there's a whole, all kinds of activity and almost like a, a city basically. But if you were to fly over it or even view it with a telescope, uh, it just looks totally insignificant. This looks like an empty crater. So that's another possibility um, that they're cloaked. And uh, like William mm -hmm. Tompkins says, so this is a story directly from he, what he claims. Um, so he, like even the people at NASA at mission control, Houston, uh, they didn't even know that the footage that they were seeing was faked. So like um, they were, NASA wasn't even in on the own, on the cover up either. Like there was a, a, a major secret CIA cover up that even the people at NASA were unaware of. But according to William Tompkins, he was in a room in a Navy base in California during the original Apollo missions where he was being, where he was watching the actual live feed, which showed him land in a crater that was surrounded by craft and they were basically you know scared off and told to go told to go back home and uh he explains that whole story mm -hmm. how uh, a certain part of the 
the footage that was showed to the public was cut out and they blamed it on some type of radio blackout or whatever. There was a lot of shady stuff going on. Um, so it's all very interesting. You know, we have the Stanley Kubrick information where it's almost verifiable that there was some sort of hoaxed footage, regardless if that's what we were see shown or not. There was some hoaxed footage or staged moon landing footage. Mm -hmm. what, I, what I find fascinating, too, is, you know, um, aside from humans that, you know, may have uh, come from Earth and may be working there, I find it fascinating that there are, you know, um, extraterrestrials uh, on the moon and I, I and anybody on the moon that have lived there and died there and living out their whole lives there. I really wonder what that culture is like. Mm -hmm. You know, try to place myself in that situation because um, looking at the history of however this thing began, uh, if it brought people in, uh, were they, you know, uh, were they like us? Uh, did they come in here? And, you know, there's been talk of us interacting with extraterrestrials with our DNA and all of this. Are those a part of the group there? And just you know, have do they come back and forth? Uh, is this where the TikToks are coming from? TikToks. TikToks, yeah. TikToks are coming from. You know, I just wonder. I've seen footage with um, ships leaving the moon mm -hmm. and entering, and I'm like, are they going to Earth? Where are they going? Very, very interesting stuff. And the idea of the moon. Uh, there's an idea that it is a foreign country, that there it, you know, setting. Um, uh, what people think about the secret space agency here aside, because if there's a secret space agency that are working with them, uh, working up there, I, I wonder, you know, do they have to, you know, have some sort of agreement with the extraterrestrials that are there? Is that a foreign country of its own, the moon, where they have their own superiors and their laws and people living there? Um, and were they humanoid? Well, you bring up some interesting points that i haven't really thought about because all my research into the moon has been like from what whistleblower testimonies and, and certain you know obviously some ancient cultures talked about the moon but i've never really thought about who was on the moon before us you know we hear about all these apparently apparent like space stations and bases from our space program but your your question you keep going back to is who was originally there like who was living there before we ever made it there. Uh, and that's really interesting. That's really interesting to think about. Well, you know, if you look at the uh, scriptures, uh, not scriptures, excuse me, text from the from the ancient uh, Indians in the Sanskrit text, they are, are pretty amazing. Um, they talk about their gods traveling, you know, they had aerial technology and traveling skies and also going as far as, as outer space to the moon and beyond. Now, people, again, they say it's mythology, but they specifically said that, uh, you know, they could go to the moon. And not only do they just say they, they could do it, they laid out the um, blueprints for their aircraft to show how they were built. It talked about the energy they were using. So if they had people that are going back and forth, you know, uh, that's, that's very interesting. Did they interact here? And also, I was wondering, uh, did we get stuck up there? Could we have had that technology way back when to go to the moon and then there was a cataclysm here that prevented them from returning to Earth? And that, you know, they actually may be human because they were going back and forth 
you know, they could, they, there could be humans that got stuck up there. That was a theory. And um, so, yeah, so I've, I've been coming from, you know, my whole, my, my new book takes it from the beginning and it goes, you know, all the way, you know, up to here. And, uh, you know, I've got in there um, uh, Einstein's letter, uh, Einstein and Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer's letter of what to do if we ran into extraterrestrials. Um, the, um, oh shoot. What is it? The Institute. Oh gosh, my, my brain is freezing. Um, there was uh, NASA had uh, sought advice on what to do if we ran into extraterrestrials and, and, and they got some advice um, from a government institution. Um, so the idea is not a new one that there may be someone there that we may run into, but I would like to know if they're connected to Earth. Mm, yeah. yeah, right. And you also mentioned you've seen footage of craft coming and going mm -hmm. from the moon. Like there's that that's actual real footage. It's telescope footage, you know, and I feel like if you had the right telescope that was able to record and you could probably point it at the moon on any given time and probably catch something. I think it's very active. And one video in particular I saw shows what appears to be a little portal open up and then close again. Um, which is really, yeah, that's really interesting to me, which means that that's, you know, probably another way they're coming and going to the moon. Uh, you know, we have these wormholes and these uh, vortexes, which I think I've heard that I've heard it described as a wormhole is how to get from point A to point B in the same dimension in the same. Mm -hmm. And then a vortex is how you would uh, traverse to a different dimension. Right. Um, I don't know if that's I accurate, but uh, it's interesting to think about it like that. I refer to it as the extraterrestrial highway <laughs> and in my in my my new book yeah that they're traveling that way and because you know ooh the mainstream which makes me feel like I'm living in a, a different universe <laughs> sometimes yeah. you know they're like oh there's you know they, there's no uh aliens there's no extraterrestrials you know how long it would take them to travel across the universe to find us sitting on the corner here and I'm like no there are portals there are stargates. There are um, worm, worm, wormhole, wormholes that they have learned to use to cut the distance and time short uh, when it, mm -hmm. it, it comes to, to traveling. But they're never going to, uh, to talk about that in the mainstream. It gives me headaches. Um, so also for the, the people that um, are, are tuning into the show who, who don't know more much about this, this story, and especially for those who that don't even believe we went to the moon, I get that all the time too. Right. I just want to say that the evidence of whether, whether or not someone is up there, because there are people not familiar with the whistleblowers and who've never heard them. You know, I say go back to the basics. You know, they have been seeing movement and lights on the moon since the invention of the telescope. You know, this isn't a made up story. Um, this is uh, something that the, the astronomers of that time, they swore that there was life on the moon. They saw all kinds of things going on. And when we reached, uh, you know, modern science, they said, oh, you can't live on the moon. There's nobody that can be on the moon. Well, they weren't looking at um, artificial environments and they weren't understanding that we know nothing of extraterrestrials and how they live or their makeup that we are made, you know, with these avatars, I call them these are bodies or avatars mm -hmm. here to be able to live on earth. We don't know 
the makeup of another species of being that may be able to be on the moon, you know, with a little oxygen or, you know, they say there's a little oxygen on the moon or none, or in some sort of uh, outfitted in some sort of AI technology, right? Right. So, um, so those, I'm trying to say that those astronomers way back then swore that they were seeing things and people and, and beings moving across the moon and we discounted it and said, no, our science says no. But then we've come full circle because now, you know, even before NASA sent um, the Apollo missions up, they uh, commissioned two books, two catalogs, uh, documenting things that they had found, strange things going on in the moon before they sent anyone up. They talked about uh, the strange lights that uh, appeared on the moon, above the moon, around the moon, during a lunar eclipse, there were lights moving. Um, they, they talked about, uh, you know, like there was one time someone said, there's like this, this insects, I forget the name of the astronomer, there's so many of them, insects moving across the circle of the surface of the moon. I documented them. You know, they traveled like, you know, 12 miles in 24 hour period or something like that. Um, there are lights going on and off way before we sent the astronauts. Mm. Um, then, you know, we send them up and, and the, the Clementine mission and the orbiters brought back all of this footage of structures, even though they tried to hide them, a lot of stuff got through, a lot of stuff. So um, my point is that there have been even things going on on the moon before we sent the missions to the moon, you know, that let us know that someone somehow was up there. Right. It's all very interesting. And what's another telltale sign that there's some sort of cover up is that uh, when NASA is questioned about it, they misplaced the files and, the, and, the, and they taped. And then when they asked about the footage, they said due to a shortage of funding, they had to tape over the footage because they didn't have the funding for new VHS tapes or whatever the hell they were using. Like so ridiculous. the most so slap in your face, bogus cover story. <laughs> It's almost like they just wanted to see what they can get away with telling the public. Well, yes. Yeah. Also, they could have just been irresponsible. There was uh, one gentleman, and I tell you, there's so many names, I can't rattle them off. Sometimes uh, people get annoyed at me. They're like, what are their names? I'm like, it's in the book. But uh, there was one gentleman that, um, that went over to do some investigative work, and uh, he said there were just photographs in cardboard boxes in a warehouse. <laughs> from the mission. So I'm thinking some of them just, they may have also been irresponsible. You know, uh, that, that tape that came out a few years ago where they said they had heard uh, space music on the moon. Did you, do you remember hearing about music on the moon? Okay, so no, there, one of the missions, um, I want to say Apollo 12, where they went behind the moon uh, for an hour. So when they're on the backside of the moon, on the far side of the moon, it, it, it they're out, out of touch for an hour. And it really wasn't space music. It was more strange sounds. And uh, the astronauts could be, could be heard talking about it in uh, the recordings. But they recorded everything, their transcripts of everything. They said, oh, do you hear that? Oh, that's weird space music. Oh, nobody's going to believe it. Should we tell it? No, we shouldn't tell it because they're going to, you know, think we're cuckoo or whatever was worse to that effect. So they didn't tell it. Then uh, they came back and all of the transcripts and recordings were filed away. Years and years later, they found these things in a box somewhere in a drawer. 
Okay, so my point is they could have just been irresponsible and lost some of the stuff. And even though it sounds stupid that they recorded over it, they just may have. <laughs> right. I mean, anything, anything is possible, but it, it is suspect. You know, you have to ask yourself, like, okay, what's actually going on here? And the uh, other thing, the other thing, excuse me, that I wonder is, do the people working at NASA today have any clue about what they were hiding back then? Those people are gone. They've they've died off. You know, I look at the the astronauts. I was watching young one young lady last night um, on the news. She was an astronaut talking about going to the moon and maybe you know further than that one day. And I'm like, do you have any clue what might be up there? They don't tell you guys, and they don't take us seriously. You right. know, the researchers who have their hands in it, they're not going to take us seriously. I'm not sure they're telling them. They're talking about sending astronauts to the moon, and I'm I'm still shocked that they they that NASA knew way back in the 60s before sending these guys up, they had all of the, they had a catalog. You can buy it on Amazon with all of these things that they had seen and they still sent them up. But I'm not so sure that the new people get uh, versed in this stuff. Well, I don't think they do. Mm -hmm. I, I definitely don't think they do. I think it's all part of the indoctrination and that's how, how you pull off a uh, cover-up and that's how you keep the dog and pony show going is you have the people indoctrinated and, and mind controlled and programmed enough who are um, top scientists and researchers and physicists within NASA who think they're working on the most advanced technology, the, the greatest, the biggest and best that we have as humanity. Um, they think they're at the leading edge of all this stuff mm -hmm. when uh, unfortunately they're not. Um, and that's where, that's where it lies. But you have to have those people in place who fully believe that what they're doing is organic and mm -hmm. true so it's believable for the masses that they're trying to deceive because eventually if somebody knows that they're lying to you and they're just putting on a front people are going to see through that but when you have people up there honestly telling you from their hearts that um there's nothing on the moon and you know all this mainstream uh um logistics and these physics of why we can't get here, whatever you they're telling you all this stuff, they honestly truly believe that and people feel that they're not lying. That's why mm -hmm. they believe it. Um, so it's not even their own fault. Yeah, go ahead, Aaron. But that doesn't mean they're right, just because they believe and that but it's it's a mental thing. Like you said, people, people don't question things if it's coming from an authority, it's coming from NASA, you know, oh, they mu that must be the truth. But yeah, like you said, everything is everything is compartmentalized in our world. And every single compartment is told they're at the top of the pyramid, when in fact they're nowhere close to it for the most part. And there's and they're and they're lied to. You know, there's truth mixed with a lot of lies with with all of those for various reasons. You're only told you're only that all the compartments are only told exactly what they need to know to run their compartment. Um, David Icke talks all about this, and uh, that's how it works. And like you said, it. If they try to control things with everyone knowing the truth, but trying to control them through that, yeah, I mean, it would be so hard to do for one. And like you said, people would see through, people can see through when people are lying intentionally. But when you get people believing lies 100%, you can feel that too. You, you know, right. so that's how the control, that's one of the most effective, you know, ways the control system works. In our mm -hmm. 
yeah. it's a matter of us taking responsibility to fig to figure out for ourselves what truth is rather than having it handed to us. Um, and that's right. what we're doing on the show. Yeah. So have you ever heard the the theory that the moon is like a prison planet or a soul harvesting station? Um, because I've heard both of those. We hear all of it, you know. Yeah. What, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So you know. Yeah. Uh, I uh, I've had my hands uh, in 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 the research about life after death, and uh, you know I've, I've 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 written a book about it for for people like the. The Encyclopedia of the Moon. I did the Encyclopedia of the Unseen World. And uh, there's nowhere in there, in all of my research, did anyone say that, well, I guess, you know, if they got caught, they couldn't come back and say it. I don't know. But no one said that they, uh, they, they, they you know, came across the moon or that there was a problem. Um, so as far as I can tell, I couldn't find anything Right. on that i don't like that theory it, it's very disturbing um but i, I mm. mean i i have so come, there are so many people that come to me with stories about uh their loved ones visiting them okay i have my own stories you know in that area with my mom and dad you know visiting me after after they crossed over so apparently they did not get caught in any you know trap you know they're the story is, um, for your audience, the story is that when you uh, leave the body after dying uh, and you see the light, that that light is a trap, okay? Don't, they're saying don't go towards the light because that light is a trap. It's on the moon. There's a box-like object on the moon. And while, you know, you go towards it and then you get trapped and there are extraterrestrials up there using it to you know harvest souls but like i said uh in my travels for people who have had near-death experiences who have crossed over and come back they went into the light and they saw the other side and they've come back and reported it so i can't say that the light is a trap mm -hmm. yeah i personally think that's a psyop by the dark ones to to get us to not go to the light. i think it's a psyop personally mm -hmm. where that came from 100 so, yeah, like what I better agree. way to trick somebody like to keep them if there is a soul trap it would be it probably wouldn't be on the moon or what like let's just say there's some sort of system set up that forces somebody to reincarnate instead of transitioning to where they're supposed to go and mm -hmm. evolving their soul um it's a perfect psyop to put the message out on planet yeah. earth that the light is a lie or the light is a trap. So then these people die and they remember, Oh shit, I'm going to the light. This is a trap. I don't want to do that. Then they leave. They, they, you know, they veer right or left and all of a sudden they're in the trap. Mm -hmm. and, you know, uh, yeah. that seems to exactly. be more likely the case. And you know, the other thing is, I mean, I know the show is about the moon, but just, you know, on the site, no, you don't, uh, you don't pass away and, and, and leave without some help. There are guides. Mm -hmm. You have guides. Yeah. And yes. uh, so you've got your helped over. So I, I have yet to believe anything. You know, like I said, it, it could be a trap for people going sideways. There obviously are people who have turned away and stayed here for whatever reason. But in the end, mm -hmm. everyone does go and, and they are called. They do, you know, for even people who are stuck here as what we call ghosts, if you will, um, eventually they, they, they do you know, cross over. But yeah, so 
I don't think people need to worry about that. And I really hate the rumor. You right. Know? Me too. It's more, it's like fear mongering, really. Um, it, it's just yeah. more fear surrounding death. You know, first of all, they want you to fear death. Mm-hmm. Now they want you to fear what's going to happen after you die. Like, where do I go? Like they want you, after, they want yeah. you to be even stressed out then, you know? So it's all, like you said, we have exactly. guys that are there. Um, and it, it, I feel like, you know, if I, I just feel like we're all divinely protected and, and whenever that comes to that and they don't want you to know that. Absolutely. Um, yeah. There was uh, yeah. one lady, one lady who had killed herself, and she found herself sitting in a in a dark space, a dark place, and she was very worried about, uh, you know, being in that dark space forever because she had committed suicide. And surely, sure enough, someone came. She could see the light coming. Someone came, uh, being person, and came and took her and escorted her out. But they did tell her she had to return. Yeah. Even a person who found themselves in the dark and some of that may have been of her own mind because we are powerful spiritual Mm -hmm. beings, you know, in these bodies. She may have manifested that darkness herself thinking I killed myself. I'm I can't cross over. Sure enough, someone did come out of that light. She fed and took her out. Yep. So, yeah, don't worry. people. (laughs) Right. Yeah. No, it's all very fascinating. And we it's interesting. You can create that for yourself if you believe in something, too. Like that's obviously how it, it manifestation works. You know, um, you create your own reality based on what you believe is possible. And uh, that can, I've never really considered that carrying over into the afterlife, but it's very possible. And it's very interesting. But one of the reasons that I, I, you know, go back to, to the ancient times and trying to track our, our lives with the moon, our connection is because I think that as a species on this planet, we need to grow. Don't we want to be the ones, you know, who want to have that Star Trek, I'm a Star I'm a Trekkie, that Star Trek future, you know, where we are using, you know, technology from the future, where we are traveling, where we have been welcomed into a galactic community. So, you know, if we have any connection to to the moon and Mars and in all of the other planets in the solar system, because believe it or not, the other ones are said to be inhabited too, even though we cannot fathom it, they are said to be inhabited um, and, and by beings that can survive there in their own way. So that's another story. But don't we want to make that connection? Shouldn't we know where we came from if we're connected to the moon and what's going on up there and whether or not it's gonna affect our future, even if we're not here? You know, there is the reincarnation cycle. There is, uh, there are our kids and future grandkids. Why do we have to be the ones stuck, you know, and in, in standing still all the time? So I'm trying to get us to that point where we talk about the, 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 uh, the past and bring it to the future. Right. And it's interesting to think about the possibility that, um, you know, life can exist in all under all conditions even the most extreme conditions and we we see examples of that here on earth in the coldest arctic below zero climates and then even inside volcanoes there's certain uh organisms that can live and thrive and that's how they actually exist in those environments and there might be planets out there that don't require oxygen for uh whatever species to live it's probably you know specific to each atmosphere is what life is going to look like on that mm-hmm. planet. 
And we're just programmed that it has to be our conditions. And there has to be that Goldilocks planet out there right. that's in the perfect place, position between the sun and, you know, whatever. Um, that's, that's not the, the only case. way life can, yeah. That's probably the only way we're going to, that, that might be one of the ways we'll find another planet most similar to Earth, maybe, mm -hmm. you know. But I think that if a planet is uninhabitable on the surface, you can live underground. I mean, it, you, there's so many different possibilities. Mm -hmm. um, some of these space stations we, we talk about, um, spaceships, cruisers are actually um, planets. Like uh, our last guest talked about, and even Alex Collier talks about, the, the ship that he was uh, stationed on was had a huge ecosystem with mountains and rivers and waterfalls and, and just, just, you know, uh, life, an abundance of life. It's really interesting. Ship. So yeah, yeah, ship. Uh, the, yeah. The, 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 the city, city ship. Have you heard that, that uh, phrase before a city ship? And there's yeah. just, just worlds of their own, which is um, of course what uh, the moon just may be in there, you know, mm -hmm. just really interesting stuff. Yeah. Um, and also there are city ships uh, thought to, to be near us that are ready, I hear, to lift some of us off if there is a worldwide catastrophe and an effort to save, you know, uh, the uh, life on this planet, the DNA of life on this planet. I hear that some of those ships are available, but that's, you know, right. it's, a, it's, it's complicated, but they are said, you know, to be out there. And, um, but we're, we're at a point on, on this, in this world where we're still, trying to convince people that these things are real and that they exist. They, um, we're, we're at the point where we have people like your, you guys um, who are trying to, to get that word out to help us to, you know, lift ourselves up, you know, to be more. But I mean, you know, you talk about this stuff with what I call mainstream thinkers um, that are, you know, maybe doing great work in the world. I'm not putting down mainstream thinkers, but just trying to open people's minds to these possibilities. And even when you're, you're showing them evidence of things, there are people all over the place talking about, for example, the moon, ships that they've seen, they're documenting it. Uh, different countries have documented this stuff and you show it to them and they just, you know, they can't accept it because they've been indoctrinated for so long with one way of thinking. Yep. Um, and we've got to, I, I just think we have to, to move past, you know, past that. Right. And it's all frequency specific. It's all frequency specific. What I mean by that is um, some of this stuff that is out there. Um, if somebody's programmed and indoctrinated, indoctrinated enough into a specific frequency, they might not be able to see anything that exists in a higher frequency outside of themselves. So when they look for these UFOs or, or things that they hear other people talking about, they literally can't see it because of their vibration and the people who are vibrating at a higher rate um, can see that stuff. And I think there's like so many levels, even above, uh, even above us that there are other things that exist. I've heard theories that there's four moons that exist and that mm -hmm. you can only see them depending on your vibration. I've heard that there's two suns, same thing. Uh, who knows? It could be, uh, maybe it's that, that vibration is in fact, another dimension and just by raising your frequency, you're automatically uh, seeing bleed through from that other dimension. Mm -hmm. But somebody who's existing, who's programmed and been dumbed down by the system and is willingly operating in the matrix, they're not going to have access to that stuff. 
So it's in their in their reality, it's not yeah. real. That's yeah, that's that's interesting. That would explain a lot as far as you know. I, I've heard people, for example, I have one friend who uh, created a film documentary um, who said black people, it said the name of it is black people really do see UFOs. <laughs> okay. Right. Now it had nothing to do with this. This what I'm going to say has nothing to do with race really, but that's the name of the documentary. Cause okay. she, she, my point is she lives in Chicago, the Chicago area, and she was recording UFOs all the time outside near her home. And people weren't seeing them. She had them on film, but they were not seeing them. So what were you talking about? I was out there last night. I didn't see anything. Mm-hmm. You know, what are you talking about? She says, I got a, got a document. She did. She had them right there. It's almost as if they were appearing for her, but others weren't seeing them until they looked at the tape and they're like, like a lot of times we'll get, I don't know about you, but strange things appear on the, the, the doorbell, uh, the ring. Right. The ring, right. And you know, you don't see it but then you see it on the film. Well, that's what she was getting, but she could see them. And the other guys weren't seeing them, but she got it on film. That's strange. Yeah. So, so that, that may be what yeah. you're talking about. Yeah, sometimes uh, an experience, that that happens in real time. I, I've, I just had this happen to me in Florida uh, in December. We were doing, it was for the 2012-21 solstice. We were doing uh, a ceremony a Native American ceremony, whatever. And we had a circle and they were playing some drums. Mm-hmm. And I swear to God, a, a craft came in, came above our circle in the sky, middle of the day. It was a white, a, a white glowing craft. It just came and stopped and mm-hmm. it was parked there. Everybody in the circle saw it except for one person just could not see it. They, see they, it. they didn't know what go. we were they didn't know what we were talking about there. And she was just like, I can't, I just can't see it. I don't know what and we're all pointing. You're like, look here. And then once you saw it, you could not see it. And it stayed there. It stayed there uh, for the duration of our meditation. And we were all watching it and it, and it moved, it was moving a little bit and all of a sudden it just disappeared. And it was totally fantastic because mm-hmm. daylight sightings are you know, always exciting, but she, the one girl could just couldn't simply couldn't see it. And it's very interesting, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. why that would be. Yep. Wow. Wow. Blows my mind. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've only had one, ex- one, ex- two experiences where I saw uh, a craft and I'm not out much at night anyway. So um, but I'm usually home and I'm too tired to stay up. Anyway, right, I, I when, I was a, when I was a kid, I did see uh, something that was huge. And I get headaches thinking about, you know, I tried to figure it out for years, you know, what it was. I could have seen once I understood that airplanes and helicopters are, make noise and that they can't hover. <laughs> once I understood that, I'm like, oh, that was a UFO. Oh, my God, that must have been some kind of ship, you know. Yeah. Uh, and then I saw one. I mean, this that one was huge, and it it did. It was a, a traditional circle in the blackness. I could even see it, and it had lights. Um, and then I saw one, a gorgeous one, when I was having an out of body experience, astro traveling. Oh yeah. Um, so nice. they're there too. There are ships out there, and this may be the case with the moon too, because I've heard about um, other ships uh, being seen over the moon, but uh, and then they're not there anymore. Um, there are ships that are invisible right there, uh, you know, and you can see them if you're in the astral, you know, in the astral body, 
and you can even, you know, you know, go in. And a lot of times people, so I believe that, that, that a lot of people have come in uh, to these different planetary bodies uh, for various reasons. And for Earth, I call them ground troops, that they were sent in here to do specific work at this time. A lot of people refer to them as star seeds and light workers or even wanderers. I've, I've heard uh, people that have come in here to help people raise their uh, consciousness so that they can see up, so that they can lift you know, up and that we can evolve as a species. What was my point? Um, so, yeah. Oh, so some of us, I believe, you know, have come into these material bodies that actually did come from, you know, those ships that are in the vicinity to work here. Now, when we come in here, it, we can live out a whole lifetime from birth to gray hair, you know, whereas if we leave, you know, that uh, that home ship or planet or wherever, and it's just a moment in time. You see, so it seems like because I walk around going, "Oh my God, I'm so tired," you know. Right. <laughs> How many more years? <laughs> um, it's true that I think we did. We have come in here to to work, and sometimes we are off planet when we go to sleep, and we can return, and we can see, and we can interact with those with the people, you know, in that uh, ship, and then come back and continue on with our work. But I believe a lot of people are here to uh to tell people and to help you know get through to them that we really are in a sort of uh, a galactic community i call it the star trek community right i 100 agree with you we are definitely doing work when we go to sleep in dream space at the astral traveling out of body whatever it is um it's quite fascinating and sometimes you wake up with recall of that and memories and some people more than others and they have amazing things to tell and share and what's interesting about that is they may go somewhere, they may be going to a mothership above the moon, and they'll tell you all about it, but you will never see it with our physical eyes, right? It's existing in another dimension, another frequency. Uh, so it's all fascinating. But I agree with you 100%. We're all working, we're all came here for that reason, you know? Yeah, I like that. Yeah, we have to put the pieces together. And it's not it's not just the moon, you know, they're, they're we're all we're connected to all of the um, planetary bodies like I said they all have something going on with them and um but I think that we need to educate ourselves and learn more about what's going on right yeah 100 I mean that's what we're doing the show for I mean it's to spread awareness yeah. and you know even the people even the haters the trolls the people that disagree they're still hearing they're tuning in for some reason they're still hearing all this, whether they believe it or not, it's still planting a seed. And at the end of the day, um, it's restructuring that DNA blueprint, mm -hmm. I think. And right. that gets passed down to the next generation. And eventually it's just common talk and, and everyone has that direct knowing again. Right. Uh, and uh, so even when we're even when we're triggering these people, it's almost a good thing because, you know, you're not inside of an echo chamber and, you know, this information is getting out there and you almost wonder if it's by design, you know. Uh, no, I think it is by design. Yeah. Like I said, I think people have come in here to do this work, to talk about these these uh, topics and to wake people up. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. Just going back to the moon, I'm just looking, glancing at my notes, a few things I wanted to touch on. Um, in particular, I mentioned John Lear a few times. For one, rest in peace. Uh, he recently passed away and uh, 
He did a lot of great work disclosing this information, including this John Lear report from 1987, which has full disclosure. Uh, it's an entire booklet, 30 page book of just information that'll blow your mind from that time, 1987 and, and earlier. And he claims that the US went to the moon secretly for the first time in 1962 from technology we recovered from a wrecked craft in 1953. That's his information, you know, so but it's interesting to think, um, okay, if we were if that's accurate, and that was the first time the US was going to the moon at 62, that's before the Apollo missions, did the Apollo missions start? That was 69, right? Mm -hmm. Or 68? Yeah. Um, so if that's the yeah. case, they definitely knew what was up there already. They did know. Yeah. Um, they did know. They said, but they put out a report that they. Re I hear they regretted it. Uh, the um, catalog of uh, TR two seven seven two seven seven seven. The catalog of uh, lunar events. You can get it on Amazon. Um, with lot of going back to the 1600s uh, forward to the 1950s of strange phenomena. They knew, I, I, they knew and they sent people up anyway. It could have been anything up there. Right. There, there could have been multiple purposes. Another thing William Tompkins said was that uh, this was like a, a Freemason ritual. So when they went up in 1969, mm -hmm. they put a free a Mason flag and they did a little a ritual or, a, or a, a ceremony and that was all filmed separate. And then they rolled the cameras and then they acted out the, the American flag thing. Who knows? It's I all, heard that. Yeah. Who knows? But um, um, we understand the Masons and their involvement and in all the Illuminati and all that stuff. So it's not surprising. Down to the, the date they do things, the time they do things. Um, that book that I gave you, um, Dark Mission. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that basically discloses everything about nasa what who they really are what they really are doing everything they do has an occult meaning when you when you look into it down to the dates the times the locations they where they landed on the moon down to every single detail is all lines up with occult occult knowledge and everything um and right. it's rituals like you said they do they do these things as rituals um and it just shows you like the people <laughs> behind nasa are you know and the people behind the people at the top of the Freemasons and these secret societies are what we would call the Illuminati, the, the cabal, different names for them. Um, but they are essentially a cult that they, they have all this occult knowledge, which isn't good or bad. Occult just means hidden. It's just esoteric knowledge that's been hidden from most of humanity. And they use it for nefarious purposes and for keeping themselves in power and keep keeping us oppressed and stuff. But yeah, NASA is very, very occult. Even the name NASA and their logo, every, everything about it. A lot of logos are a lot of logos have, all, have that in it. Um, mm -hmm. It's going to be interesting to see how the rest of this year plays out in the, in the years to come, because we're seeing major shifts and in, in every day there's things happening. Mm -hmm. Uh, it, we're, it's not going to be the same planet. It's never going to go back to normal. Like we're evolving, we're ascending, mm -hmm. and uh, we don't want to go back to normal because that was the illusion. You know, yeah. even, though, even though things appear that they're dark and nasty right now, it's always been like that. It's just now surfacing and people are seeing the people in control for who they truly are now. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, up to, it's up to us. <laughs> uh, it's up to people like us and all these truthers. Um, 
to lead the way and keep this information going and keep this the flow of information going right. because because they're trying to stop the flow of all information, you know. Mm-hmm. That's right. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yep. We're yeah. in the great revealing what the apocalypse means. Right. That's what we're in. The great revealing. And yep. for our for current update on what's happening on the moon, according to our most recent Navy whistleblower, um, who claims to be a part of a program that goes to the moon in real time on real missions sometimes. Um, within the past few months, he claims to have gone there and um, learned about uh, a galactic space academy that is um, ready to roll. It's a, He said it was an abandoned spaceport that was repurposed for, it's going to be a, an academy for basically people joining the Space Force. Uh, right now it's secret, but he says... Um, uh, if we get any sort of disclosure, that's going to be known. It's going to be a known uh, an academy on the moon eventually. Uh, so if if he's, mm-hmm. if, which I have no reason to believe he's lying after speaking with him for over a year and a half now, and some of the things he showed me, um, if that is accurate information, it's fascinating. Interesting. Right. Wow. Um, well, we'll see, won't we? Among, you know, among, it seems there seems to be a space race again. All these countries are trying to get back to the moon right now. Mm-hmm. What happened? All of a sudden, it's a hot item again, you know. Um, yeah. There was def- definitely something occurred, and there's, you know, obviously th- theories, but. Um, well, m- maybe they discovered helium-3 is not, well, I don't know how they would get that back. You know, I was hearing that helium-3, you know, it's in abundance up there, and. Uh, countries are interested in it, but then also I've also I'm not a scientist. Understand that uh, it's not so easy to to transport back here or something. So I'm not sure that's what it's about either. Right. I don't know why it all has to be a secret. <laughs> well, yeah. I've, I, maybe one day we'll find out. Maybe one day we won't. Uh, at the end of the day, all this information um, doesn't matter believe it or not because what matters is what we're doing every day you know for ourselves and and, and evolving and uh, sometimes we get distracted by all this information and we forget to work on ourselves and do this inner work and the shadow work so we can get to that vibration so we can have conversations with our et brothers and sisters and we can see these things that we only have heard about before you know there's so much that we're capable of and instead of always constantly looking externally for information if we like truly get to a place where our vibration is in in resonance and in alignment with source and our heart and we're working from the heart operating from the heart center Mm -hmm. i think that we have access to all knowledge and we can tap into information and things that we will no longer have to research because we already know it or maybe i just or maybe i just made all that up i don't know no 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 that's very true (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and we'll be telepathic and you know all right. the rest of it um yeah they're waiting for us to meet them halfway they're waiting for us to grow and rise to the occasion and all the rest of it before before they're going to fully start interacting and revealing themselves so that's- well i i hope it's sooner than later you know you, you we heard about the um the uh the writer from israel um what's his last name mm-hmm. essen and, uh, you know, he shocked me. He shocked me when he mentioned the Galactic Federation. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I was in my kitchen with my husband and my 
my uh, two, well, they're not kids, they're young adults. And I told them about the Galactic Federation years ago and nobody remembers. And, you know, they don't always listen to me. They've got their own stuff going on. And I'm like, whoa, did they just say the Galactic Federation? And he was saying, you know, it, it, the news was saying uh, this wasn't the mainstream. Basically that uh, the um, extraterrestrials had told him that Earth is not ready. Earth is not ready yet. But I had heard mm -hmm. of that Galactic Federation, you know, 30 years ago. And so it wasn't news to me, but I was shocked to hear it in the, in, in the mainstream. So the question, oh, one of the questions that I do ask in my new book is, uh, you know, are we really being held out of, you know, kept out of the loop by officials on earth or are they the extraterrestrials? Uh, because they don't believe that we're ready yet because they don't want to see uh, worldwide chaos. Um, now, the Earth officials may think, mm -hmm. okay, this will be the collapse of civilization if they tell us, but it could be that the extraterrestrials are directing them to hold off. I think it's world. both. Right. I think it's a mixture of both because, yes, there are the controllers that are trying to stay in power and not, but then at the same time, yeah, we're not, you know, you look at a collective level, we're not because most people would freak out. And um, so I have a feeling certain events need to play out and to get us to a level most people to a level that we can and that's i think that's part of the reason why things get drip disclosured out and like you know the more the more people can open up their belief systems for one to this stuff and not have it be such a either you laugh at it like oh that's ridiculous or like scared of it and in fear and unfortunately you do see that agenda played out where a lot of a lot of mainstream media and a lot of these people uh, and organizations are like pushing are like fear-mongering about oh an, a possible alien invasion oh mm -hmm. the, alien, the ufos are a threat oh my god be scared and then all hollywood movies everything is always alien invasion alien mm -hmm. invasion the scary mm -hmm. aliens are going to get us that's right uh, so if if we can like break out of that and be open to other life beyond humans <laughs> And and if they do show up, be not afraid, not scared of them, but not also, um, yeah, just not. I mean, I guess that's it. Because if they show up, there's no more denying they exist. But then it's a matter of not being afraid. Well, and and you, and you have to it. think of a benevolent race isn't going to come here if it's going to make things worse. Yes. Like if 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 they've probably analyzed it, and if them showing up is going to cause. Um, Chaos, chaos, division, division destruction, destruction mm -hmm. even death. casualties, death. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, then what's the point? Then it's not helping. No matter how many of us want them to show up and just rip the bandaid off and everybody can deal with it. Um, if they're truly yeah. in alignment and truly here for humanity, they would never do that and and cause all this chaos and ruckus. So if they're, if but they're I have a feeling they're doing every they're doing everything they can to help without directly doing that to so they're like the ufo sightings are off the chart i think they're doing that on purpose to like get us ready oh, what's that like oh maybe they're ET, you know get us to open our minds to it right and so, energies and everything else you know so have you guys heard about you know do you know the gene roddenberry story yeah yeah well maybe yeah, about, yeah. about him sitting in on channeling sessions Okay, we'll go ahead. Okay, and, all yeah. right. Okay, yeah. so basically, nine. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, the Council of Nine. Yeah, so basically um, he was sitting in uh, mm -hmm. on these sessions with um, extraterrestrials who were, he wasn't with them. They were um, using telepathy to give information to a channel. And he had heard about it, Gene Roddenberry, and he was sitting in. And the story is that uh, it, he got these ideas for Star Trek. And um, there's another show that I just actually learned about. It's an old show. But Star Trek and this other program um, as a way of introducing the public to the idea of first contact and that we're not alone in the universe. So there are some uh, stories out there that say that extraterrestrials are using our media, the good extraterrestrials, <laughs> to um, sort of prepare humanity for the idea of one day, you know, coming into a galactic community. So that is, yeah, one way that they're, you know, trying to reach us, which would make sense. Absolutely. That's, I, yeah. I believe that 100%. I think some of the movies, I, I even take it as far as I wonder if some scenes in certain movies might even be filmed off planet on an underground base or another, whatever. And they slip it in and you would never know the difference mm -hmm. if you're, if you're looking at the real thing or not, just like we've heard um, Star Stargate SG-1 and in, in season one, we've heard that there's two scenes in particular where they actually used footage of the actual Stargate in Cheyenne Mountain. And uh, it, you would know, you never know the difference because you just think you're watching a, a movie set. If it happened once on that show, there's no doubt in my mind that it's happened in other movies and shows. I, I just, yeah, I feel like that's true. I don't know. That's amazing. You know, I, I hadn't heard that one. Um, you know, I did come across a, when I was writing my book, you know, when you're writing all of this stuff kind of comes, you know, back and out of you and I've got guides helping and, and, and you know, we all do. But in this particular instance, um, I remember seeing a Star Trek episode um, where there was the uh, Federation, Captain Kirk and his crew were chasing a meteor, no, asteroid, an asteroid. And this thing was about to crash into a planet and they had to go and stop it, prevent it from doing so. And they beamed down to this thing only to find that um, it was a world and it was camouflaged to look like an asteroid. This was before, you know, uh, the hollow moon theory came out. It was, uh, so it was a whole civilization living within this thing that on the top looked like an asteroid going through, through space. And on the inside was a generation of people who thought they were in a wor on a world. And, um, you know, they were actually, uh, they were fleeing from uh, a cataclysm on their planet and they went aboard this thing. And yeah, that story was out there long before, before Star Trek, you know, even went up. That's and very, some, very interesting, yeah. Some of the, uh, I believe that the name of it is For the Moon is Hollow and I Have Touched the Sky. And um, yeah, some of the, the scripts that they were talking about from the Star Trek show is you know, that Gene and Broddenberry had gotten some of this, these ideas from that channeling session. So who knows what part of it or how much of it was actually true. And they were trying to, you know, feed it to us that way. Right, right. Whenever I was talk, just talking about the Stargate stuff and being and other movies being filmed off planet and stuff, 
uh, I got a major hit in my left ear and the disc, this like fibroid disc, it's hard to explain, but I always, when that happens, it feels like it's like my guides confirming like, yeah, what you're like, keep talking about that because it's true. Um, so I use that as my own little gauge, you know, I don't like, doesn't mean what I said is a fact, but, uh, for me, I feel like there's some truth to that. Do you know that there is a, uh, a picture of what, uh, some people think may have been a stargate on the moon? Um, I, I don't so, know if I've seen that picture. I've seen the stargate really? in Antarctica on Google earth. Well, it's a theory and right. it, came, it came out through Michael Sala. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with him. Right. Yeah. 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 I, you know, and uh, so. Oh yeah. He, we love, we love Michael. Oh, I'm so glad to hear Sala. you say that. You know, I, I, I mentioned him on one show and the host just didn't, they didn't like it. Oh <laughs> um, yeah. And they didn't like me mentioning Ademsky either, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> well, Ademsky's interesting is a lot of people that wonder if his information is valid or not. So, but continue what you're saying. Yeah. So, um, so in this photo, there really is what looks like a Stargate from like the TV series Stargate. It's round and it's blue. It's a round blue circle on the surface of the moon. And um, he, he said, you know, I, it, it really does look like a Stargate. And I, you know, he wondered if it, possibly could be because they can't understand what it is and why it's there right yeah. what are your thoughts on what's his name adam uh, george adamski what's his name adamski yeah, adamski so, so yeah what are your thoughts on him you know i but i i've heard that there is information that came out that disproved him but you hear that about everything mm -hmm. right everybody's lied and everybody's yeah. If you listen to the skeptics, it's ridiculous. I think he he had an amazing experience. I believe him, and uh, I think that uh, we should, you know, take him as seriously as we take Alex Collier, who I also am happy to hear you talk about. So no, I I think his, oh, his yeah. experiences are for me they're valid. He is in my book. Um, he did see some interesting things on the moon. You know he. Um, you know, he's, he, he uh, talked about seeing uh, people and I believe it was foil, foliage up there. Um, and uh, he saw, uh, you know, uh, towns. I'm getting my, I'm looking like this because I'm kind of getting my uh, contactees in the book a little mixed up sometimes. Who saw what? But oh, he, yeah. It, uh, he did, he traveled into to space, the first trip. And uh, the Venetians told him about the moon and he took some pictures and he traveled again and he got more information. Um, I believe him. And I was happy to include him in my book and I was happy to have the information he provided. Right. And I think, I think he was selected like so many are because of his open mind to it all. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so, like you said, you nailed it when you said everyone has been debunked or or it's debunked. Been proven as a hoax you know yeah debunked in quotes meaning like yeah. no matter what whistleblower has come forward somebody out there has in their mind debunked them so it's really it's up to you the individual to decide for yourself and it's not we don't really need anyone else to tell us you know and you know, if somebody else has information that you should know, yeah, share it. But uh, I think that um, 
you're not really going to find that information on the internet if he was lying or not you know it's never going to be validated by any mainstream source so you just have to read books right. like yours and make right. your oh thank you or go or he's got books out too i mean you know george m Dinsky, you know did wrote his story down it's there for everyone to to read and you know make up their own mind right. but uh, don't let the naysayers get you or you know you've got to think for yourself do your own research, for example, you know, with, with the whole moon thing, you know, I can share the stories. I consider myself a, uh, I call myself a galactic historian. I'm keeping track of all of this. I want to do something with the moon. But I mean, I can share the stories and the information, but you have to, you know, keep the conversation going and do your own research, you know, really to, to, to get anywhere. Right. Beautifully absolutely. said. I absolutely agree yes. with that. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This has been a lot of fun. And I think That's we covered great. it. We covered, we got, we covered it pretty well. Um, will you please let people know how to find you and where they can get your books? Oh, sure. So uh, you can get my books on Amazon. Very easy. Uh, they're all under Constance Victoria Briggs. The new one will be out in July, July 25th. They have the date up on Amazon. Um, the, the Moon Mystery Books uh, book is designed to make it easy for people to just kind of get into this knowledge, you know, it's alphabetized. They can look up everyone from Neil Armstrong to um, cosmonauts or um, craters. What's in the craters? Just going to craters, uh, structures on the moon. You know, it's, it's uh, you know, you can jump around. But then the second one is more in depth. It goes kind of deep uh, into history and into theories as to who brought the moon here, why it's here, what it is, what's going on. Um, but you can get the books on Amazon. I have a website, uh, ConstanceVictoriaBriggs.com. Uh, you can email me there if you have any questions. There's also Facebook. I've got a Moon Mysteries page up and a, the Galactic Connection page with Constance Victoria Briggs. Beautiful. Nice. Beautiful. Looking forward to the new book. And I love how it's actually an encyclopedia that you can actually... Uh, yeah. look things up it, it, yeah. i mean for research purposes that's amazing yeah that's the first book yeah right yeah exactly yeah. thank wow. you thank you for mentioning it yeah of course yeah guys go grab your book go check <laughs> out the website um yeah this has been a lot of fun thank you again for joining us um guys thanks for tuning in this is going to be our this is going to be our last episode for uh be, before before the conference and We'll be back after our conference. I'm not sure when. We don't have anything on the schedule yet. It's it's wide open for now. Uh, but if you uh, if you want, grab a live stream ticket. Uh, it's a little late to purchase an in person ticket. I realize, but if you can make it, they're still available until midnight tonight. Um, otherwise, grab a live stream ticket. Come hang out with us, and uh, we look forward to seeing everyone there who's actually going to make it. Uh, we love you guys. Thank you for all your support. And until next time, have a great evening. For the average listener who's listening to these experiences, it doesn't make any sense how 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 they could be doing this. Yeah, it's complicated because that's reality. Reality is coming. Our lives ain't simple. We, we can't put everything in simple boxes in black and white. That ain't how it works out there. I think that they're gonna they're gonna want to give us a disclosure that gives us that brings people up to speed quickly, but also keeps them in the dark about the real important stuff. They're gonna give us ninety percent of the truth with ten percent of the lies. Mm -hmm. And those 10% of lies are more damning than all the truth can, can overcome. 
they realize that if if this goes the way it probably will go, they could face you know crimes against humanity charges at some point with yep. the International Criminal Court, and that's that's the bigger issue. There will be people who are uh, political elites here in this country that people will not understand why they're being charged. You know, uh, these people that everyone looks up to, and they're like, oh my God, these people are so awesome. And all of a sudden, they're getting charged for crimes against humanity. And what these people don't realize is, is these particular individuals enabled these corporations to do what they did. They're not gonna drag us across the finish line, but it's gonna be hard, but it has to be hard. So people will always remember and this won't ever happen again. You know, it's all written in us. We're just kind of playing this out, yeah. regardless of what yeah. the surface war happens to look like right now. And I think our purpose here is really developing our consciousness. This whole process is not just about what's going on in the world and this great awakening that's happening with all these different people. It's about the great awakening that's happening with all of the individuals and how we can take care of ourselves and keep ourselves healthy, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. We're taught not to go into this part of ourselves that knows everything. We're taught to turn that off, actually, um, very purposefully so that we are in a confused state that we rely on authority, right? Because we incarnate for these experiences. You know, it's not a victim thing. I incarnated for this experience, so then the question is why? And oftentimes they, you know, they program us. They help in programming us and giving us those limiting beliefs. And we have to kind of shatter those and be like, uh, no, uh-uh. This is actually my divine self. This is actually what helps me align with the divine creator. And I need to purge all those things that you programmed me with or that the programs programmed me with. Understanding the larger picture and things like secret space programs is really important. We wanna know what's operating behind the scenes that's controlling this individuals in these leadership positions and this larger sort of negative ET agenda, but also um, the kind of support and assistance that we're getting while also uh, appreciating the fact that you know, we're here to save ourselves and to, uh, you know, step up to the plate. And it's really important to step up to the plate. 